So you meet a woman online. I love her. I just love her. But it turns out thousands of other people are in love with her too. Janessa Brasil. Janessa Brazil. Janessa Brazil. One woman's image is being used by criminals to target innocent people looking for love online. You win their hearts, you win their wallets. Love, Janessa. My wild quest to find her. The unwitting human face of a digital con from CBC Podcasts and the BBC World Service. This is a CBC podcast. I'm pleased that our government is closing the gap in the current funding structure to allow nurse practitioners to open their own clinics, take on patients, and offer services based on their scope of practice, training, and expertise. It's unfortunate that nurse practitioners have been underutilized in Alberta because they can provide an incredible service. It is estimated that as many as 800,000 Albertans don't have a family physician, which is why the Premier, Danielle Smith, is hoping that nurse practitioners might help fill some gaps in primary care. Nurse practitioners already provide care in clinics and hospitals, but now they will be allowed to set up their own practices too. Mary Obstfeld is a nurse practitioner at the Cold Lake First Nations Health Centre, and she's in Cold Lake, Alberta. Mary, good morning. Good morning, Matt. What sort of difference do you think this might make for access to healthcare in Alberta for, as I mentioned, the 800,000 Albertans who don't have a family physician? Absolutely. Well, one thing I want to change your messaging that you're saying and how you talk about the primary care providers that are out there. Um, I think a lot of people are saying everyone needs a family physician and that actually is not a true statement. The true statement is everybody needs a primary care provider Mm -hmm. and uh, nurse practitioners definitely can make a difference to that and we can help decrease that number of people who are in the line waiting to see a primary care provider. I'm going to come back to that distinction in just a moment, but tell me more about how you think this might close that gap. Well, nurse practitioners are trained uh, to see patients independently. We always have been. Um, so giving us the funding to be able to open clinics and see patients in the way that makes sense according to our training is, is going to make a huge, huge difference in patient access. Uh, right now, there's a lot of nurse practitioners who are working in nurse practitioner roles. However, they're not allowed to work to their full scope. And a lot of that has to do with the way billing is for physicians and the fact that nurse practitioners kind of take away from that billing opportunity for physicians in some settings. So opening up funding will allow nurse practitioners to be able to practice in the way that they're they're trained and see patients independently and therefore seeing more patients at the end of the day. How is the care that nurse practitioners would offer a patient different from the care that those patients would get from a family doctor? It's not really that different in the the services we can provide. Nurse practitioners can autonomously diagnose patients. They treat illnesses. Uh, they're ordering tests and they can do certain procedures, prescribe medications, do follow-ups. We deal with acute and chronic illnesses. So really from a patient perspective, There really isn't a lot of difference except for the fact that most nurse practitioners do spend more time with their patients uh, than the average doctor does or physician. Um, And so therefore, you might see that from a patient perspective that you get a bit more time with your care provider. And a lot of times we're not using that rhetoric of one problem today and scooting you out the door. We do tend to take care of more problems at once. 
One of the differences is around education. How is your education different than family physicians? Well, family physicians have, you know, their certain model of, of education. Nurse practitioners, we have four years of a baccalaureate degree. Some RNs will do an LPM beforehand, but you know, traditionally, if you go straight into RN, it's four years of a baccalaureate degree. Plus, you have to get some experience working as an RN before you can even enter the program for MP. And then there's another two years of a master's program. So it's almost like we've done a residency before we even go into our master's program. But it, but it, is, but it isn't a residency, residency, though, right? It's not the same. It's not the same. There, right. there, there, there is a difference between the two streams of education. There is a difference, and and there's a difference in how we're, um, I think, the direction of of how we care for patients and what we're looking at uh, when we're talking to patients. Uh, nurse practitioner, nurse practitioners, and nurses in general tend to take more of a. I, I look at it as more a wellness model. We're looking at a holistic kind of approach to the patient um, rather than you know specific disease focus. But you are correct. There is a difference in the training of what we receive in the school, at school training, for sure. You took issue at the beginning with the framing of this. And the framing, in part, is important because there has been pushback to this idea from family physicians. The Alberta Medical Association said in a statement, we love team-based care, but the best medical advice is often only from a physician. What do you make of that? I don't agree with that at all. I think I've worked, I've worked with a lot of uh, physicians who value their nurses, not just nurse practitioners, but nurses in general, uh, with the experience that we have and, and the value of the information that we can provide for patients. So I think that's might be a little bit of a defensive statement. Um, the, act, the acting president of the family medicine section with the Alberta Medical Association says it's a false equivalency to think that a nurse practitioner is a family physician, that family physicians cannot be replaced by nurse practitioners. Well, I would 100% agree with that statement that we are not physicians. We are something different. And I think if you take it back into the argument between obstetricians and midwives, there used to be a huge problem about that and saying that midwives were going to cause damage. And that's not even a conversation anymore. So it is different. We are coming... We we come at it from a different angle, but at the end of the day, our end result is the same. We are looking for a healthier population. How do you how do you go about because there is some dissonance between the two positions? So how do you for the from the patient's perspective, how do you go about ensuring that the patients get the best care that they can? Well, I think you know the biggest problem is you're talking about all of these people who don't have primary care providers, so. Until we're at the point where every patient has a primary care provider and every patient has accessibility in a timely manner, then I don't think that this has to be a huge argument. We're looking at patient-centered care. So patient-centered care does not mean that the patient has to be seen by a physician. It means that the patient has to be seen by somebody who can meet their needs at that time. And I think nurse practitioners are very well educated and, and prepared to do that. Just the last point on this is whether those nurse practitioners will be compensated in the same way, to the same level as doctors. The compensation will be different because this is going to be salary rather than a per patient compensation. And it hasn't been worked out yet, but how would you like it to compare to what doctors make? Well, I mean, I don't want to set numbers on it, but, uh, you know, really, is it not a conversation that should be coming back saying, 
Our doctors not compensated appropriately and looking at work-life balance for doctors uh, because I think that's a lot why a lot of the primary care physicians are not enjoying what they're doing and why a lot of new uh, trained physicians are not going into the uh, into the field of family medicine mm. because there isn't work-life balance so if they're talking a salary model for MPs, maybe we should be talking a salary model for all primary care providers. I'm glad to talk to you about this. This is important, particularly, as I say, for the 800,000 uh, Albertans who don't have uh, primary care. Mary, thank you very much. Well, Matt, I just wanted to point out, too, that uh, it's not just Alberta. This is Canada-wide. So and we're gonna, we're gonna talk. this changes that. We're going to talk more <laughs> about that and where this has played out elsewhere in the country and other lessons that could be taken. Thank you very much. Thank you, Matt. Mary Obstfeld is a nurse practitioner. She is in Cold Lake, Alberta. Dr. Vesta Michelle Warren is a family physician, past president of that Alberta Medical Association. She runs a team-based rural clinic in Sundry, Alberta, which is about an hour and a half northwest of Calgary. Dr. Warren, good morning to you. Good morning. How are you this morning? I'm well. When you hear the Premier say that this plan to increase the number of nurse practitioners is a key part of the solution to a shortage of primary care, what goes through your mind? I think what goes through my mind is that I th- I think it is definitely part of the solution, but I don't think it is the solution. Um, as uh, my colleague just said, there is a huge shortage of healthcare providers across Canada, not just in Alberta, but there's, and that just is not physicians. It's also nurse practitioners, nurses, uh, physician assistants, you name it. We're short of those uh, providers. So the question is, how can our shrinking workforce do better for Canadians and provide better care? And I think part of a big part of that solution is not creating silos, but is working together and pulling in the same direction. And, and that's why I'm a real fan of this team-based care model that that our clinic is doing. The acting president of family medicine with the Alberta Medical Association says it is injurious to family medicine to see investments in nurse practitioner clinics while family medicine is gasping. Help me understand that. Why is it that that family doctors feel as though um, this approach uh, leaves them feeling devalued? That's a word that's been thrown around a lot. So in, in the Alberta context, uh, family physicians have really been struggling um, in their current uh, funding model because it's, it's a compensation model that really has not kept up with inflation. It hasn't kept up with complexity of patients, and it really has driven uh, a type of care that really leaves family physicians um, hurting internally. They do love providing that holistic wellness-based approach to medicine, but the current um, fee-for-service funding model in Alberta doesn't really promote that. And so I I think uh, what you're hearing is disbelief that while across the country, other provinces have recognized this fact and are actively working to build a better system to care for patients in a more holistic manner with their family physicians and um, stabilize practices that currently exist and and allow physicians to do the work that they've been trained to do. Uh, Alberta hasn't really been part of that conversation until recently. Um, And so that's why physicians, I think, are upset, was more the way the message was delivered and the rhetoric that was given. Um, How How much of that has to do with physicians protecting their turf? I don't think there's a lot of turf protection there. I think if you speak to somebody who works with nurse practitioners or trains them as I do, Mm -hmm. they will tell you um, that 
they're very skilled in their areas and they come with a very different background, which again, changes how they, they approach their learning. Um, and the same is true in family medicine. We're all very different. What I think what we're hearing is family physicians saying they want to be respected for their specialty. They're a specialist in family medicine. They want to be respected for the backbreaking work that they have done over the past several years. And, and for many reasons in Alberta, that, that respect had been missing. And it's baby steps to rebuild that trust. And again, the message may not have been one that was intended to hurt, but that was how it was received by physicians on the front lines. The reality is that, that there are hundreds of thousands of Albertans who don't have primary care right now. And so you hear from the president of the Nurse Practitioner Association of Alberta saying that, that they can do some of that work. Is she wrong in that? I mean, is is it not in a crisis like this that that you have to have creative solutions that all options, as they say, need to be on the table? Absolutely agree that we are in a in a primary care crisis across Canada, not just in Alberta. And I do believe that all healthcare providers, nurse practitioners, physician assistants, family physicians, we're all part of that solution. But so is having all of our team working to full scope. And the AMA has always been. Uh, one who has said that we are not determining what that scope of practice is for other professions. Um, we encourage them to do that themselves. But what we what we would encourage is what we're seeing now from our Minister of Health, which is working with the specialists of family medicine, working with those that are are currently in the province to build a better system. Um, I think my colleague hit it on the head. The transactional fee-for-service model is not one that's worked well for providing comprehensive care in the community and never has been. And really the devil is in the details with the nurse practitioner agreement. And I don't think any of us really know those details. If they're given a model similar to what physicians have been using, it's not really going to be helpful. And they'll find themselves in the same boat that the family physician has. Short appointments um, by, by virtue. In my clinic, we work in a different funding model, and my patients have as much time with me as they do with our nurse practitioner. So I don't think the length of appointment is actually key to, to the problem at hand. Patients do enjoy that, that timely mm. fashion, but again, it's all based on that funding model. And, and I'm so glad that the AMA and our Minister of Health are working hard right now to come up with a better system for family physicians in our province, similar to what the work has been done in other provinces around uh, Canada, and is showing a benefit in bringing more primary care providers in. We're going to talk more right now about what else is happening in Canada. In the meantime, doctor, I'm glad to have you as part of this conversation. Thank you. Thank you very much. Dr. Vesta Michelle Warren is a family physician, past president of the Alberta Medical Association. The past is shrouded in mystery. To understand it, you have to get up close. Something happened to our collective psyche after the atom bomb. On NPR's Throughline, we reopen stories from the past to find clues to the present. Find Throughline wherever you get your podcasts. Canada's first-ever nurse practitioner-led clinic opened 16 years ago in Sudbury, Ontario. Roberta Hill helped develop it. She's a professor in the School of Nursing at Laurentian University in Sudbury. Roberta, good morning to you. Good morning. How big of a deal is this, this change in Alberta, in the way that nurse practitioners can work? Oh, I think it's amazing. Um, and I think that uh, it's really brought the issue of what MPs are able to uh, to provide to healthcare to um, the national um the national eyes. Uh, but I think 
uh, we have to be clear that NP practice isn't really changing. It is the model of care that will be delivered, uh, that they'll deliver. How has that played out in your province? What have nurse practitioner-led clinics in Ontario meant for expanding access to medical care? Because to the doctor's point, this is a crisis that is being felt right across the country. People don't have access to primary care. Oh, absolutely. It's a huge problem. Um, but I think the key thing with the nurse practitioner-led clinic model was that we nurse practitioners are the most responsible providers within an interprofessional team that does include physicians, but it meant that the nurse practitioners could take on new patients and, and actually register them to a primary care um, clinic. And other models, unfortunately, in Ontario, and from what my understanding in other parts of the country, the nurse practitioners are given a position within an organization, but it's to help augment the care of the physicians or to um, meet the mandates of the organization, but not necessarily to bring on new patients. Mm. So they're restricted in what they're able to do um, in the MP practice, and they're not really able to impact access to care in that way. But MPOCs do. Is the level of care the same for patients? Oh boy, it's that's a tough question to answer because it's it's sort of apples and oranges, but there are provincial measures that we can go to. So for in Ontario, we have Health Quality Ontario, a government-led um, organization um, that sets parameters and targets for quality. And the most recent evidence we have shows that NPLCs exceed the provincial quality standards. Mm. So if we're going to use something like that as a measure, then we're doing well. What did you say to the family physicians? We quoted some of them, uh, including the acting president of the family medicine section with the Alberta Medical Association, who says it's a false equivalency to say that a nurse practitioner is a family physician and that family physicians cannot be replaced by nurse practitioners. Um, that's a difficult question to answer because uh, I don't think we've ever said that we were uh, family physicians. And yet, um, but they they feel as though... Yes, I, that, I think this that equivalency that, is being drawn and they see it as a false equivalency. I think that we have to circle back to the actual care that's being provided and, and sort out what the issue is. And I don't know if it's nurse practitioner practice that's the issue or physician practice. I think it is how um, who's in, who's going to lead the clinic, who will, whose name will be on the clinic and how they're remunerated. Because, for example, in the MPLCs, there was opposition from the Ontario Medical Association when we first opened, but it didn't last long mm. because it's really difficult to, you know, go rally against a solution when there are massive numbers of people without access to primary care. But what we found was that there were nurse practitioners working in practices all over the place where they were the primary care providers, and there was no concern. The concern came when nurse practitioners were given the funding to open the clinic. So I think that the models of care, the team-based models can exist when nurse practitioners are the most responsible providers in the clinic and doesn't necessarily have to be a physician, but that the focus can be on increasing access to care. Just in the last minute or so that we have, and maybe this goes back to what Mary mentioned at the very beginning of our conversation in terms of the language that we use, what has to change in how we broadly view the role of nurse practitioners in healthcare, especially right now when, what is it, 6 million Canadians don't have access to primary care? I think she was right in saying that um, we have to talk about whether or not somebody has a primary care provider, because there are millions of patients across Canada that are 
seeing a nurse practitioner as their primary care provider and don't have a family doctor and are receiving excellent full scope of practice care. So I think we need to change our understanding of, of the possibilities of what healthcare can look like and um, perhaps um, create models uh, for the healthcare that don't don't augment the kind of competition between the healthcare providers that we are seeing. Um, and I think that the Alberta model has mm. uh, is potentially going in the direction of doing just that. I'm really glad to talk to you about this. It's important, especially right now, given those numbers. Roberta, thank you. Roberta Heal is, pr- is a professor in the School of Nursing at Laurentian University. She's in Sudbury, Ontario. Your thoughts on this welcome. If you're a doctor, nurse practitioner, or one of those patients without primary care, email us, thecurrent at cbc.ca. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.